0: 25 terrorist attacks were prevented here in Russia in 2017. The National Anti-Terrorist Committee reported today, adding that 68 terrorism-related crimes, including attacks with the use of firearms, were prevented during the preparatory stage and more than 17,500 foreigners suspected of involvement in terrorism activities were prohibited from entering Russia. Football fans will reportedly be allowed to bring cocaine and marijuana to the 2018 FIFA World Cup as long as they go through the bureaucratic hoops necessary to secure. Papers. The Russia-led Eurasian Economic Union grants travelers the right to bring banned substances into the country with supporting medical documents written in the Russian language. According to the regulations, the list of drugs allowed into the Russian-led bloc includes cocaine, cannabis and even heroin. Extremely low temperatures have affected schedules at Moscow's airports, as more than 35 flights are currently delayed or cancelled. Reports say a dozen of flights are grounded at Domodedovo and about the same number delayed. More than a dozen flights are behind schedule at Sheremetyevo, while another two are delayed at Vnukova airport. And getting back to the weather, the emergencies ministry decided to keep an orange danger level for today and predict temperatures dropping to minus 25 degrees Celsius overnight in the capital and even colder weather in the Moscow region. Frosts, though, are expected to get weaker by the end of the week. And finally, the dollar today has added 70 copics, while the euro added a quarter of a ruble against the Russian currency, making the official exchange rates for tomorrow 56.4 rubles for a dollar and 68.9 rubles for a euro. Meanwhile, prices for Brent crude oil are standing at around 66.5 US dollars per barrel. Six points out of a possible ten on the Moscow roads. One hour, ten minutes, two and twenty minutes less from Vnukova airport. About an hour, two and fifty minutes from Sheremetyevo. And one and a half hour, two and nearly an hour from the Domodedovo airport back to the center. Weather. Minus 3 degrees Celsius now in Brussels, 13 degrees in Jerusalem, and 25 degrees in Singapore. Meanwhile, minus 15 degrees here in Moscow now, around minus 14 tomorrow afternoon, with a mix of clouds and sun with some light snow expected during the day this Thursday in the Russian capital. in the studio, Moscow.
1: The one and only English speaking station in Moscow. Capital, Capital FM. Capital Sports with
2: Alan Moore. Welcome this evening to tonight's super bumper-packed show. It is. It is cold in the street, but it's getting warmer in the studio. Yevgeny Sukhoi. Before you go away, uh, this Sunday, of course, you Catherine and I, we are out at the Air Today I Arena mean, for the massive, massive super pooper. Moscow Derby between Loco and Spartak. What weather conditions can we expect? I don't care about the players or the fans. What can we expect <laughs> out there in the in the Erzide area in Chikizov? Hi, So, uh, it's going to get better, actually. It's, uh, it's just
0: around minus 10 degrees in the afternoon as opposed to minus 25 uh, this night. So, uh, However, it's going to be cloudy with some light snow during the day and uh, around minus 14 at night time. So, actually better. Okay. Not super, but
2: optimistic that's okay it your...
3: doesn't <laughs> sound optimistic I'm sorry no. to tell you I'm scared first... I'm scared
0: Come on uh, guys minus 25 now and only minus 10 Sunday
3: Yeah it is but, uh, tomorrow spring too starts cold. you know like at spring least starts. Well I know with but, but
2: <laughs> you you're in Russia Yeah we're in Russia baby and listen just <laughs> <laughs> I, I always forget <laughs> and next next week I'm in uh, I'm in Ireland so uh I've heard that the beast from the east yeah, has I heard hit It's my, terrible mind like like my, emergency my situation until exactly. like mid Friday So listen what's it going to be like like there next week what you reckon Oh, uh, well, I, I hope it's
0: not going to be worse than here. Maybe, maybe minus, minus six, minus seven, anything oh like that? Oh, my
2: God. The whole country will stop. But will there be more snow or the snow is going to go away and come back in another In hour? Ireland? Yeah. Uh, hopefully not, actually, because otherwise
0: <laughs> I'm going to be jealous.
2: Okay. <laughs> okay. So you're going you're gonna to no, suffer a little bit
0: just okay. to understand
2: how we Russians live here. So that means I... Well, I know how the Russians live here. So terrible. I, I, I have to, like, sit in the pub <laughs> and not budge. So I have to go into a pub in Dublin and just sit there and wait, yeah? So, so, yeah.
4: I mean, okay. what can be better?
2: Come exactly, Ollie. You Night. Know. That, that, that's exactly <laughs> yeah. it. Listen, you're getting Thank you for the advice. Thank you for the use of Thanks your crystal ball. And uh, we'll see you at the top of the next year. Absolutely. Thanks, dude. Okay, so we are ready to start a big, big show on tonight. So be nice and snugly with us. If you're in the car, if you're, like, soaking yourself in the bath, if wherever you are, just, like, you know, relax and listen to us. Um, I'm Alan Moore. And we have Ollie Knight. She's spinning the discs, making the calls, and keeping He's us in mind. Hello, hello, once yeah.
3: again. Yeah,
2: Ollie's Ollie, Ollie sort of like, you are know, greeting me today is like, you know, like, don't start talking about these, like, slimming things again, Alan, please, because oh. we had so many complaints. So, <laughs> so we're in trouble. So listen, uh, you're listening to men on Europe's number one radio sports show with all the best news, views re- reviews, interviews, previews, and indeed everything is fit to broadcast. Well, and even which does not fit to broadcast. Um, and uh, of course, as I I've made a promise not to bring up any uh, like slimming things, and uh, <laughs> you know, just like you, Caterina cannot pick any songs. I can't discuss Why? weight it's like, loss. It's They're not like, fair. I think, that's, you know, I think that's fair. The ban was lifted. It, on, yeah, was it yeah, like
5: yeah, yeah. lasting? Uh, so ben? Yes. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Go mean, to cash.
2: Go to cast if you want yeah, to. No. Oh, uh, All yeah, right, yeah. folks. Let's get on <laughs> with the show. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Alan. Just tell tell the listeners what to expect. Finally. Okay.
2: So what we're going to expect? We have a packed show. We were at the Locomotive Batave game last week and had a cracking time of it. Uh, we'll chat a bit about that and also results from Europe and uh, the Russian uh, Cup matches, which are ongoing right now. And uh, we'll also look ahead to, or look at the draw, which is made for the next round of the Europa League. We'll talk about the Conte Mourinho showdown, the English League. Cup, Uh, the Olympics Six Nations Rugby and that's that Uh, oh and we'll have three calls one to Dave Donnelly uh, one to uh, Paul Little Good Friend and of course to Philip O'Connor who is just back from Pyeongchang and I think I've covered it all
3: let's talk the conte Mourinho match but English Premier too
2: Right, okay So, we'll start Saturday had Liverpool as the big winners 4-1 They whip West Ham and that put them uh, third in the table Paul Little will tell us about that He's very, very happy right now uh, Spurs, they won 1-0 away to Crystal Palace to go fourth The Man U Chelsea result and, you know, that was going to be key to all the rest of these games uh, On Sunday Mourinho, he outwitted or outplayed or basically simply beat up Antonio Conte's Chelsea team 2-1. United, they are still in second, but now only 13 points behind City rivals, although City do have one game less played or a game in hand. Uh, Chelsea, they have slipped down to fifth, and Conte, it looks almost certain he'll be leaving the club this summer.
3: Down at the bottom, West Brom look doomed after losing the Huddersfield 2-1. They are six points behind Stoke, but with only two matches to play, they are in big Trouble, I
2: think. Yeah, they've got 10 <laughs> matches, and I mean, that's that, that's that's they're in big, big trouble. So, listen, six points separate uh 19th, uh, and second last place, Stoke City. That's, of course, the team from uh, uh, Ivan Ivan Korsh's team, uh, our friend from Locomotive. Uh, so but only six points separate them and 11th place, Brighton. Uh, so if Stoke go on a winning run, if they go two three wins, it'll be very, very tight at the bottom.
3: On Thursday, Arsenal play Man City again, second time this week, and they must be hoping for better after Sunday.
2: Yeah, listen, we'll discuss that in, 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 <laughs> with, with, with Paul and probably Dave as well. Uh, Sunday was awful, terrible, absolutely god-awful. Arsenal players they just kind of, they just didn't give a toss. They had no fight. Uh, I know the team is in transition and so on, but um, and I don't believe that that, that this nonsense about that, that Wenger's uh, loss of dressing, we discussed that last week with uh, Andrew Flint here in the studio. Um, and you know, Jack Wilshere, Jack the Arsenal player, was like, oh, like the referee costs us the game. I was like, no, Jack, you and your teammates cost... The, the team, the game. And, I mean, Man City, I mean, they were there to be taken. They really were. Um, but now, uh, you know, Pep Guardiola has his first uh, trophy at the club. And he had this little, like, uh, like platform to start talking about, like, Catalonian independence and a whole lot. So, the same guy, the same guy who, like, uh, you know, goes around promoting Qatar and is owned by the Emirates, who are not that big on human rights. He's... Well, anyway, he listens to us, so I'm going to stop there.
3: <laughs> this <laughs> weekend there are some good matchups. Leicester play Bournemouth on Saturday at six pm. Liverpool Newcastle at eight thirty. But Sunday is when everything happening.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's not just at the Airs Arena with us. Um, you have Man City facing Chelsea at seven pm uh, on Sunday. Now, if rumor has it, rumor has it right. Then, if Chelsea lose, Conte is gone.
3: Oh, we've heard these rumors for half a year.
2: Yeah, but we, we get them right sometimes. But like yeah. it does look... No,
3: we're discussing it every single
2: show. I know, but like we're, well, we're different managers. But oh, like we get one spread right. These rumors. <laughs> I think way. we start them. We start the rumors, and then like <laughs> the owners listen to us, and like Roman Abramovich, he's probably listening, going like, "Oh yes, Alan, Katja, they, oh, yeah. the right. <laughs> they are right, Yeah, are Yes, yeah, I'm going to sack they're my fine, manager. Fine, <laughs> manager yeah, finally the manager. he listens to us like a.
3: Uh, well, okay, yeah, when manager gets sacked, it's not too bad for them. Yeah, that's true,
2: yeah. like, and Listen, unlike in the real world, where you get sacked um, and you're looking to get two weeks or a month's salary, uh, they get paid, usually, usually, to the end of their contract, which is why so many refuse to quit. Even when they're doing badly and they know they should go for the sake of the club or for their own self-respect, they hang in to get a big lump sum.
4: But you were telling us about a manager who resigned to take another job, though. So mm-hmm. I, I can't really remember. But he basically was quitting so that the new club didn't have to pay compensation, right?
2: Yeah, this was um, back when I was working with Florian. It's happened a few times, this guy, Roddy Collins. Um, and he's a, he's a very, uh, I mean, I like him a lot. I mean, he was there actually when Tim was born. I mean, He, he, he is a great man, a great heart, but strange guy. So what happened was basically he, he, was, uh, he flew home. Uh, to visit his family in Ireland um, and said, oh, I'll be back on... Like, yeah, we had a great win. I'll be back on uh, Tuesday. And uh, on Monday, Tuesday night, then he phones me and says, um, uh, listen, Alan, I don't know if I can come back. We've got some family problems. And, and I said, okay, we'll take an extra day, sort it out. Mm-hmm. He said, okay. And then a friend of mine who works in a newspaper in Ireland phoned me and said, Alan, Roddy's talking with Cork City and he's going to join this club. And I'm going... Okay, so I phoned Roddy and said, listen, Roddy, have you spoken with Cork City? No, 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 I don't want to go. No, I'm Florian and Florian for... Like, he's about to sign a contract mm-hmm. exchange for three years, you know, big money. That's so fine. And then on the Wednesday, he phones me and says, you know, I, 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 want to, I want to quit, I want to resign because I've bad health and the family are bad. And I was like, did you speak with, with Cork City? And he said, on oh, my children's lives... And he's a great dad, by mm. the way, he is a great dad. And he's a good man. On oh, my children's lives... I have not spoken with Cork City. I will not be signing with them, and uh, I've not signed a contract already, which he had. And he had. Yeah, he had the day before. Cheeky.
3: Yeah. And I'm like,
2: and then of course, then he, he goes to the meeting. when we said I I because I had to go I in front the committee. I understand people sometimes. Honestly. It's terrible. I mean, all he had to do, and, and it ends up then we were we had to fight for compensation with Cork, and the mm-hmm. worst thing was, I brought it back to the committee. I was the director of the club and said, look, guys, we can get ten thousand euros for this and let them walk away, and we get money, and they're going... Okay, so Cork, we're about to pay the 10,000, the money was in the bank, like they were transferring across, said, we're going to hit the transfer button now, you ready? And then I phoned the, I went into the committee and said, guys, let's take the money right now. Um, and he turns around and uh, so, uh, the, the committee said, let's, let's, let's make them pay 15. Okay, that's on, I think it was on a Thursday on the Friday Cork City went bankrupt <laughs> so we got no money <laughs> so it was like we deserve what we got in the end
3: well yeah? exactly European Roundup Alan now yes
2: yes yes okay so three Russian clubs went through big big surprise so we had uh, Zenit went through CSKA went through and of course um, Lokomotiv went through now Spartak went out and that was a pretty nasty time for them because they were they got a bad time of it uh, out or in in, in, in um, what you call it where they were in Athletic Bilbao in Spain there were riots a policeman died of a heart attack I mean Just terrible sort of like coincidence. Um, But, but as bad as there are idiots in Spartak, there were idiots in Bilbao and they're like, you know, they're they're, they're this Basque like people and they were very, very hardcore. And they put up these banners and again, I'm not excusing Spartak in in any way because they're clowns to be involved in this. Um, A banner was put up saying Russians are Nazis
3: when when you and get provoked it's like tough to stay calm exactly, you know, especially when you're exactly.
2: like a and you're a fan whatever exactly i mean they won on the pitch 2-1 which we did say we we did say that they would win would they win by enough we didn't know because they lost 3-1 at home but you know all 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 due respect to um to, to Spartak fans they were provoked they were pushed around they shouldn't have reacted but then again i'm you know I I have to walk in mine in their shoes to to be able to feel that. But the stuff that was said about them, was said to them, was just absolutely terrible. So, I mean, in in all fairness, um, you know, it it, it was wrong what happened. And, um, you know, Spartak and Bilbao look like they're going to be fined and could be, could be, if the rumours are right, they're going to be thrown out of Europe. So, um, okay, well, very, very quickly, uh, very, very quickly. What?
3: what? Seriously? Yeah,
2: they could be thrown for next year. Yeah, they'll be banned, given a one-year ban. From Europe, yeah, that's, that's how bad it is. Um, listen, we're, we'll, we'll have a look at the next round, of the draw, but first we, we're going to go straight across to Ireland because we don't know if he's going to get snowed in completely. We're going to go over to Ireland and uh to Dave Donnelly. Dave, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you, Grant. That's brilliant. Listen, Dave, how is the weather right now? Bad? Um, it, it's not too bad. It's uh, eased off snowing
6: at the moment, but uh, it's expected to get worse over the next day or two. And I don't know if you've heard yet, but... The, the weekend League of Ireland games have already
2: been cancelled. So oh, kind of, uh, that's, uh, that, was, that, that was going to be our question, will the games go ahead? Because I saw Snow last night, I think it was at the Dundalk match, when uh, Dundalk won late 0 so I knew it was getting pretty bad. But um, listen, uh, just, just to, to lead into it... Um, you know, last year you wrote a very good uh, article on symbolism, where we're basically have flags and so on. And, um, you know, what, what we kind of would normally see, like in Ireland, as being harmless in most of the places, even Russia would be harmless, um, just a bit of fun or a bit of colour. And the prime example being Old Dixie or the Confederate flag from the US. Uh, now, Dave, you, you pointed out that we need to be careful what we wave at the stadium. And this is a good lesson for us here in Russia. So, listen, what inspired that article? Like, wh- why did you write it?
6: Um, well, it was based on um, a game I was at. It was uh, a fixture between Crop City and Bohemian towards the end of the season. Um, a televised game when uh, Cork City were kind of uh, in the you know c- close enough to seal the title. So there was a, an, an awful lot of attention on their games, and um, they had I guess a bigger than usual travel and support going around with them trying to uh, be there for the for the title winning game. I guess, and um, in, in that particular game, um, there was an incident where the Confederate flag, which has been used in the past by a minority of people as a symbol of Cork sport, both for GAA and for soccer. Um, it was unfurled in the crowd and it was noticed by the Bohemian fans who um, would have a reputation for being quite left-wing and quite um, quite <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah But, uh, yeah, exactly. So, um, uh, you know, they immediately noticed it and there was a chance directed, uh, you know, in their direction, uh, not complimentary chances about yeah, the use of the flag. And a few people in the Cork City uh, support Noticed and they they demanded that the person take it down or whatever. But um,
2: well, I mean, we should we I should point out, th- Paul uh, Dave. We should point out, Dave, that that you know Cork like Cork is known as the rebel county and they are known as the rebels. Mm-hmm. So you know there is that kind of bit of a leeway there. But listen, do you think that the eruptions in the US with Trump have they affected the way we view such such uh, items and such uh, such uh, such matters?
6: Well, I certainly think they should. Um, in the case of the the rebel flag, it's long. But I think anybody who's kind of listened to American rock music over the past. 40 years or whatever, know that like southern bands tend to, uh, you know, have have a, quite a kinship with the with the rebel flag, and it's it's quite um, a, a common symbol around the, the American South. But it's something that, um, you know, um, people of a of a black background, I guess, would um, would find quite offensive in, in America due to its connotations and due to its history and and things like that. And I think it's, it's quite a not only a divisive symbol, but for a lot of people, it's a very upsetting one and a very sort of, um, you know. A symbol that can come with a very sort of coded meaning uh, yeah. behind it.
3: Okay, and, Dave, and Dave. Dave, Dave, <laughs> hold on for a sec. Here yeah. in Russia, we're always trying to keep a balance and informed. Why is it important to be aware of flags, banners, and what they say or display?
2: In general, not just In general, language. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
6: Yeah, I guess it's, um, well, you, you can't really be sure what your audience is. I mean, um, we all know that the swastika is uh, the, the Nazi symbol, but, uh, you know, it has a, a past so as even in Ireland, as the St. Bridget's Cross, it has quite a, a, a Christian, uh, I suppose, um, you know, a positive meaning, but it was, uh, I suppose, it was taken over by the Nazis. And now anybody who sees the swastika now will immediately know its meaning. But with symbols uh, that maybe uh, have one meaning in one place and maybe a different meaning in another place, it can be, um, When you use those symbols, it can be taken the wrong way, and it can be quite upsetting. But particularly um, what we see in America with Trump and with his supporters, um, often these symbols are now used as kind of a coded way of basically getting across a racist message or whatever, or, you know, any sort of divisive message without actually saying it. Um, And so that's the danger in terms of um, uh, these symbols can become so commonplace uh, that their meaning is almost um, accepted.
2: Listen Dave, listen, thank you so much You've given us a lot of food for thought, And we're going to get you back on again When the weather's a bit warmer So stay warm uh, Get through this like snowmageddon And we'll talk to you again very soon Dave
3: Thank you Dave
2: Cheers, thanks Thank you, that's Dave Donnelly of course He is the head entertainment writer with the Irish Sun He is also writing a sports writer with uh, Extra Time So we're going to go out straight away uh, With a super, super sports song To get us all pumped up To keep us all warm tonight This is I've the Tiger and Survivor. Survivor
1: Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
2: Welcome back to Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM, the best and number one radio sports show on mainland Europe. So uh, we did forget to give not out much the question. True. I know that's <laughs> true, and we we, we just segwayed so well from these like idiot Atletico Bilbao fans putting up swastikas to um, taunt the Spartak fans, and then talking with Dave Donnelly really really well about you know what these mean and also what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. So definitely, the, well, something
3: uh, goes wrong with sport actually worldwide. Everybody wants to compare, like.
2: Oh, I, we're going to come up with this like, yeah, in, in the Winter like, Olympics yeah. with mm-hmm. um, Philip. But I mean, that's just, no, I agree with you. It's just like yeah, exactly, a ridiculous. Sadly, you, know, yeah. you It is. It, it doesn't, it, that's not sport.
3: I mean, I, and actually, there's people who've never been through like, war or something like this. They, want, they, they put all these symbols and they <gasps> don't even understand what they talk.
2: You know, this a, you're bang on it because <laughs> this is something that with schools, rugby in Ireland, and it, it really annoys me, especially now when it's in football, they're talking about going to war, putting their bodies on the line. I'm thinking, shut the hell up. I mean, first of all, sports is not war. It should be fun. And if you start saying like going to war and so on, it's like when I hear...
3: No, it's competition, yeah, but it's, it's not It's competition, water. but it's not war. Yeah, and but it's a healthy competition. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, is. And that's yeah. what it's
2: about, health. Uh, w- I was at a forum today in um, the Russian State Social-, Social University in the, well, economics faculty, and we were... It was um, uh, an inter-university um, conference about uh, economics and sport. And we asked, should the state put money into professional sports or into kids' sports? And one girl said, well... If they put more money to professional sports, it means that we win more medals at the Olympics and makes Russia better. Everybody went, no, it should be for kids. you should, like, support kids' sports yeah. and so on. But there is that mentality. It'll It's good, um, you know, kind of for the image and propaganda. But, um, and I'm just going to say that one thing that always... And I, I remember, uh, not attacking, but, like, questioning. I wouldn't attack because I'd be afraid. Nastya Rodionova, <laughs> a mutual <laughs> friend of ours who I used to work with. And she said, like... Um, Oh, it was very tough in the court today. And then she turned around and said, I had a bad day at the office. And I'm like, shut up. You're just after walking off the court in Wimbledon. Like, you know, <laughs> and you had, a, that's not an office. I'm sorry. So when he hears like a bad day at the office from an athlete, I want to yeah. slap them, but I want not ask you because she'd kick the yeah, crap out of me. Yeah, it's
3: dangerous, you know? Yeah, very
2: dangerous. And talking about dangerous, we have tickets to give away for this week. Uh, not dangerous, fun. As in, it's cold, dangerous. Um, with Luckmatee's Spartak Derby. So it's, it's basically a sellout. But in association, in our partnership with Lokomotiv Moscow between uh, Locomotive and Spartak or uh, Lokomotiv between Lokomotiv and uh, Capital FM um, we have tickets to give away so you've got two pairs of tickets to give away uh, a very very simple question so who won the bronze medal at this year's Winter Olympics in, in 2018 obviously in Pyeongchang so who won it is it A ice hockey in ice hockey thank you was it A, <laughs> a-
3: yes, I was like, Canada what? Yeah, in what? In what? <laughs> what sport figure <laughs> yeah. a- dancing I
2: don't know A Canada or the Czech Republic. The B Czech Republic. Okay, so get texting, messaging in plus seven nine two five one 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 zero five three. Get us on Viber on WhatsApp as well. So get in. You get. You win yourself a pair of tickets. Okay, so so is it A or B? A Canada or B the Czech Republic? Okay, Ekaterina is yeah. going to lead in. But wait, we we didn't say who uh, Lokomotiv got in the next round. In in Europe.
3: Oh, uh, in At- Europa
2: League, Atlético. Atlético. Which one? Three. do you want to make, put the yeah <laughs> the one, not, <laughs> yes. not the Nazi ones exactly I so <laughs> they, they got Atletico Madrid so they play away on the 8th of March uh, which is a Thursday of course uh, Kickoff is 9 o'clock at Moscow time away in Madrid against Atletico who are a very very good team um uh, Don't know what happened with them this good year. Match. Yeah, very good match. On the fifteenth, they're playing.
3: Always depends on the game, but still it's good. Exactly. Yeah, right. yeah,
2: yeah. And the fifteenth, they're playing back here in Moscow. We'll be at that match as well. Siska uh, Moscow. They drew Lyon. Lyon from France. Lyon. Uh, they're playing on the eighth at home at nine p.m. kick off as well. And Zenit the other remaining side, they play Red Bull Leipzig or well Orby or well it is Red Bull Leipzig. They're sponsored by Red Bull. Uh, they <laughs> they they kick off at eleven o'clock on the eighth. Okay, so there you go. Three great games and the returning games of course are on the 15th Okay. also was, talking yes.
4: about matches I wanted yeah. to say that there is an update on the score Tosno Ooh. and Luch Energia and Tosno scored two goals
2: oh so Tosno are leading that's the Premier League team playing against Luch Energia from Vladivostok in the Russian Cup the uh, last eight of course and the winners go straight into the semi-finals and uh, two nils to Tosno Perfect. Okay, it. Yeah, so
3: yeah, we're back to Russian League.
2: <laughs> yep. Returns. Returns,
3: yeah. a home tour on Saturday at 2 p.m. On Sunday, Dinamo play in Ufa. Kick-off is 2 p.m., but all eyes are on Erja de Arena, right, Parker?
2: Who they are indeed, my Bartek. Uh, yeah. So, at 4.30, local, face off against Bartek. Now, it's going
3: to be a huge match. I mean, I'm huge. expecting I'm ex- it. Huge. I'm excited is for this. Is this on Sunday? Yeah, yeah on it Sunday, is. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is on Sunday, but only,
2: like, the only... I'm, much the weather. I'm really? jealous. I'm jealous. I wish it's I was a there sellout. too. Yesterday, yeah. 85% of all the tickets were gone. Could, 85%. Could they join us now? Maybe, or maybe. maybe <laughs> If, if Locomotiva allow her back... Uh, She's also on the banned list. OK, she's there. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So anything but a win for Spartak is not going to be enough. Uh, They're eight points behind uh, Loco with eight games to go. Spartak, they they really, really, I can't say this enough, they need to win. Loco just need not to lose. Now, Zenit, they're playing Saturday at home to Amkar. Amkar, who lost this week, uh, yesterday, in the Russia Cup to Avangard. Of course, course, Avangard are a lower division side. Zenit, they will win. So unless Spartak get three points... And uh, even though Spartak do have an easy run against at the end of the season, and they don't have Europe, of course, to worry about after last week, um, they do have some banana skins, like away to Rubin, or on the last day of the season at home to Dinamo.
3: Was it for this reason Spartak ran back to Moscow from Samara? <laughs> yeah, I know,
2: I know. You are talking about to come as well, yeah, because... Uh, <laughs> well, let's, I don't think... Well, I mean, they they, they checked the, the field today an hour before kickoff said it was minus 15. The field looked okay. I mean, what I saw was actually like was pretty okay. Um... And, and it's not the are afraid of the cold of course. Like they're they're, they're tough guys and they played against you know, they played in cold conditions. But they just you know, I don't think they wanted to face lock with injured players, so they said they weren't going to play and of course under those rules it has to refix so it'll be played sometime in March. Sometime later in March. So uh, yeah, so basically I I think that it could backfire on them. I think it could actually backfire on them um, because you know, you know yourself. You know, in, in Wimbledon, like when you when you're waiting to play a game, or not just Wimbledon, but any any tournament. Whatever, but, any
3: tournament. Exactly, is. and
2: there's a rain delay, or the the other match is delayed. Um, it's so annoying. Exactly, because I, I remember
3: these matches. I hated. I
2: like, mean, did you play? How I did play. Okay, you did play. Of course, <laughs> twenty six
3: years. years.
2: But like, what was it like? Was it difficult? To, like, you know, you're ready to go on court, so you've done your stretch and your warm up, and you're ready to go out, and then you are told sorry, you have to wait, or it's raining. Yeah, and th-
3: this is like the most annoying and frustrating thing you ever had doing, like, yeah, like, professional tennis. Because oh, t- yeah, yeah t- because it's just, especially when you, for example, your first match on, and like we had these long, long, long days on Wimbledon Quali, and also like Australia Quali, sometimes. Same was this year. I was I was watching uh, I was commentating actually yeah. and it was raining all day and then when you are first match on and you come to play at ten AM so you have to come like eight thirty to warm up, then to like to change, do everything like you said, like
2: And you've eaten and prepared the whole I, as well. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So then, your energy is at the right and level. And
3: then it's it started to rain. And then you have to wait. Okay, and then for example, half day it's raining. So last match are cancelled, then Third match, for example, are also cancelled. And then first and second still have to sit until the very, very end. Like, until the nights actually, like, come. And this is, like, all day. You do nothing. You're trying, like, to be focused. You're, you're, you're trying to be, harder. like, uh, yeah, like, warm. And, yeah, you're trying to be, like, you, know, you You need to eat. But you have to also to yeah. check with timing, you know. And it's un- uh, uh, this is the worst thing. I know, I know,
2: I know. I, the only way I can compare it to it is, is like uh, one time we, I was on a boxing show, and I was eighth on the card. So, uh, the last fight, the eighth fight, and uh, so everything was going away, and the first fight ended in a first-round knockout. Second fight, second-round knockout. <laughs> knockout. The third fight, first-round uh, knockout. The third fight was a second-round knockout. And all were knockout very, very quick. So, I arrived... Uh, and the third fight was already on. And I was like, oh, hold on. What's going on here? Like, you know, and then, you know, thinking I, I was going to be right for the end of the first fight. I came in and I started getting ready. And then one of the guys was like, and this is the worst thing. Like, I was like warming up in the pads. And the guy turned around and he said, uh, Alan, like, you know, come on, come on, get ready. And just as I was throwing a punch on the pad, I caught my thumb,
0: broke oh. my, my
2: thumb. And I'm like, oh, no. So I had to go ahead and fight with a broken hand. It was just the most annoying thing. So quite
3: yeah. painful to me yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I still want to fight but anyway okay listen we I are always like this
3: when you're sick and you, when you're like injured I have you my always best fight yeah, yeah you always play better it's unbelievable I don't know why
2: we're going across back across to Ireland so we're going back to snowy uh, up the Wicklow Mountains and we're going to speak to a good friend of the show he is Little Football he is Paul Little from the Irish Daily Star Paul how are you doing?
7: I'm good, Alan. I, mean, I was just listening to your story there. It
2: was, it was getting very tense. Oh, I know. I, I, <laughs> yeah. no, don't worry about it here because I, I, I had to try and pretend that I was a decent boxer at one stage, otherwise <laughs> these two would like, pick on me, you know? The one good thing has You're I, all fighting one-handed. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I, I, the main thing is I always had a I I still have a very hard head. And I always made the jokes like, guys got tired punching me and then they just fell over. So I always <laughs> fun at that at the end. Um, Paul, listen, first up, Sunday's League Cup final. Listen, was that the end of for Arsene?
5: Yeah, uh, well, the funny
7: thing about it is that he seems to go on and on, but, I mean, watching the game, uh, you know, it was such an awful performance. And what it reminded me of was, you know, when you, when you pour yourself an orange squash and then you dilute it too much, and so that like, the colour goes and the taste goes. And that's what I like. The, the, the colour and the taste have gone. There's just no pattern anymore. Uh, even when they're in, you know, the last few years where things might just go barely up in the end, there's still brilliant football to enjoy, but we're not even seeing that now. That's 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 a, that's,
2: a, that's a great analogy, orange squash. I mean, you must be from the posh side of Dublin, like you know, <laughs> because I, we, we were lucky to we were lucky just to get water, you know. But anyway, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. But no, no, I can understand. Listen, um, look, I've noticed that you you have taken a bit more interest than than normal uh, in the League of Ireland. So listen, why is that? Uh, well, there's a couple of reasons for
7: that. Um, one is, is that if people like myself who who write about football and support football and love football in Ireland don't actually pay attention to the domestic game, then expect uh, other people to do so. And I think in the clubs, really, I was thinking about it recently, Going kind to of buy myself a replica jersey or one for the kids. And to be honest, if I bought a Liverpool one, Liverpool won't even notice if I, if I pay 50 or 60 quid for a jersey. But Bray Wanderers down the road from me here, very small club would be delighted to get that kind of money so it just that kind of thing just struck me that you, you need they need the support of people and so they are making big efforts uh, to try and you know i suppose put the league on the map to some extent and we've seen improvements in the last few years uh, you've all seen dundalk even over in russia when they played then in the europa league you know and i think it's worth people still understanding just how small irish clubs are and what a huge achievement that was to be competitive and to go and play uh, oh. against much bigger clubs. Oh, okay. so i think
3: yeah. Listen, Paul, we wanted to talk also about the article you wrote last weekend about Shakhtar oh, yes. Donetsk because for so many people, they exist somewhere we don't know where. Tell us about them.
7: Uh, well, Shakhtar, I'm sure everybody's aware of uh, the conflict uh, in eastern Ukraine and Shakhtar, obviously, based on Donetsk, uh, as the name would suggest. Um, Reinhard Atakmetov built them the fabulous Dombus Arena and built the fabulous football club, it seemed. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm I'm not a big fan of billionaires, uh, owners of football clubs, but if they have to exist, um, the likes of Akbentov, who, you know, he could have gone somewhere else, he could have done an Abramovich, or he could have done been like the kind of the Gulf states, and you know, uh, in the Gulf of Persia buying, um, you know, football clubs in different countries. But he put the money into his own town, uh, and so I think really it's just kind of a sad story. The game against Roma last week just struck me. You know, it looked like a great European night, and it was a great European night. But you've got to remember the backdrop and the fact that uh, Shakhtar were playing up in, in Kharkiv on the night, and that's where they're playing at the moment, which is about 250 miles or kilometres north of Donetsk. They can't play in Donetsk anymore because of the trouble. They have been playing in Lviv, Lviv which is 1,000 kilometres west. Uh, and so they have no home. Um, obviously, that's a massive impact commercially on a club. Uh, but they have... You know, I suppose it's a it's a, yeah, a testament to, to the structures that he built for the club and the professionals in the club, you know, that never fell foul of financial fair play or anything like that, and that they're still, you know, competing and can play a team like Roma and beat them and have a chance of making the quarterfinals
2: of the Champions League yet they have no home. Listen to Paul, no, no, it was, it was a terrific article, and I'm going to read tweet it out across from our account because it is very, very well worth the read. It's a great story as well, and you're right, I mean, because he could have gone off and bought. Bray Wanderers, but he he bought his own hotel team. <laughs> Listen, um, Paul. Before we let you go, uh, a lot being said about uh, Liverpool's battering of Porto, are they realistic contenders to win the Champions League?
7: Uh, I think I have a shot, Alan. But um, we know obviously the big guns are still in there. Um, I would say it's difficult to gauge against Porto when I mean, we saw earlier in the in the Champions League Benfica get hammered five nil by Basel. In fact, it was both games against Basel, and Basel were murdered by by Manchester City. So it's difficult to gauge the quality of the Portuguese league at the moment, and Porto were really abject on the night. So um, I think it's a bit early to say to have a shot, because everybody at this stage probably had some kind of a chance. And who, you know, in 2005, nobody thought Liverpool were going to win the Champions League, and they did. So I think they're a much stronger outfit this time around. Uh, Certainly have a lot more goals in them. The the issue is still going to be, you know what will happen if they concede
2: away goals and the like that. Defensively, they're still not quite right, I'd say, but they're getting there. Listen, Paul, thank you so so much. Um, listen, buy a couple of uh, you know batches of uh, Brennan's bread, a bit of milk, and just stay warm, all right?
5: <laughs> thank <laughs> you, all right, Paul.
2: Alan. thanks, Paul. You See take you it easy. Thank Bye. you, thank you. That was Paul Little of the Irish Daily Star, and of course he also writes well for Backfit Football Sounds and stuff. And just uh, we're going to tweet at that article. It is brilliant. We're going to go out. With a song that's gonna make you get off your feet because it is Van Halen and Jump.
1: Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Stand-Up with Steve Foreman. Ah, Here
0: we go. You know, I don't think I have a lot of people that hate me, but I think I have a long list of people who moderately dislike me. (laughs) You can really taste the Soviet Union in larder You know, there's like a... Well, you can smell petrol.
5: That's the main thing. That's the main thing you notice, to be honest. And actually, the, the larder doesn't start just by turning the key. You also have to sort of go, Oh, there's like, there's like an bat, like, Oh, British people. He gave you a language. Oh, British For God's sake, I wish you'd use it. <laughs>
1: oh. Oh. Every Thursday. Capital Stand-Up with Steve Foreman on Capital FM Moscow.
7: Are you serious? (laughs) You got a date line. We speak English. We play the hits.
1: Capital FM. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
2: You have your last chance here on Moscow's Capital FM on Capital Sports to win tickets to, uh, of course, this weekend's game on Sunday. We have the two pairs of tickets to give away already. We've got lots of right answers in uh, plus seven ninety five 11, one 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 zero five three. Uh, also on Viber and WhatsApp. Uh, the question is: Who won the bronze medal in the Winter Olympics ice hockey men's final? Of course, I should. Have, or men's uh, tournament. Is it A
3: Canada or B? Czech
2: Republic. The Czech Republic, exactly. That's the way it goes. So, um, before we speak about ice hockey, because Catherine is no, no, bubbling no, no, over, you're bubbling like... over, because of course, uh, there's lots of things, like you know, the IOC have recently stated the Russian Olympic Committee, um, the Six Nations, big shock, France beat Italy, of course, as we predicted, um, Ireland beat Wales, a tough match, but Ireland won all the same, and Scotland, Andy McLean was texting me, he was so happy, he was just like, I don't know, man England, yeah, they beat England. They was like a shock. They won man-gasming. Oh, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. i tell sorry, he was. He was like, you? Or Scott-gasming. I don't know. Haggis, whatever. He's eating haggis. But yeah, yeah he, he was very, very happy. Yeah, he was delighted with that. So, I mean, there was a lot of like joy around the place. And, and, and of course, of Ireland. So it makes it a bit easier in one way and tougher in one way for Ireland to win the Grand Slam. But let's see. St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. That's the big, big, big one for us. Now, ice hockey, of course. On Sunday morning, Russia brought home the gold. They beat up. Um, it was kind of funny because like, it wasn't I mean, Russia
3: it was a, uh, Olympic it was like Russian, from Russia
2: yeah Olympic athletes from Russia <laughs> they beat up like the uh, BT from Germany and they, well I mean there was all these like you know the, the, the lower rank players all played but still Russia still had they could only beat what was put in front of them and they won so they won the gold medal but you were not particularly impressed You can't really no I,
3: I was impressed I'm happy oh, for weren't. ice hockey no 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 I come was on. happy for ice continue hockey players continue
2: saying all, all fair what you, say, say on air what you said off air
3: uh, ok <laughs> well, well, it's not about, it's not <laughs> about uh, actually ice hockey players they're like they're good they did their yeah. job and they come there to win Olympics and they did so perfect Congrats. But, I mean, I couldn't understand uh, what was going on on, like, all social networks, like Facebook, like, here in Russia, like, the stories Instagram, wherever, like, Twitter. Everybody was so happy, like, and it was... The most annoying thing was that everybody was comparing it to like World War or something it was disgusting oh, no, and I was mean like, no no
2: I understand it was that like, because there were some it really wa- disgusting things put up like so I yeah, mean, yeah and it so. was like
3: it's like too much and I also I don't understand some like ladies you know some some friends of mine who never were interested in ice hockey before or after <laughs> and this one only match in life you know when they. well
4: I have to tell you when I watch football matches and it's some sort of big like World Cup or some really really big one I get really emotional like I could even cry that's how much I care. Even though on a daily like on a daily basis I daily oh, put all your emotions
3: on, on all your social
4: networks, Solly uh, so, what? no but oh, sometimes okay. sometimes so I'm, I'm like yes you go guys even though I'm like who is <laughs> yeah, who I are they the I'm Actually, like I of want everyone to win like <laughs> who are these men like I don't gold know go team in green <laughs> I don't know your name but go <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I what like you, green
2: color well I don't
4: have <laughs> s- handsome player yeah like
3: you know it's, <laughs> yeah but this uh, is know that's all that's <laughs> how men watch like sports this is like yeah, female I mean, opinion in fairness in fairness if men
2: are watching tennis and you've got like some Good-looking girl against some... Not look good-looking girl or a lesser good-looking girl because they're all good-looking. Yeah, yeah,
3: that's true. You kind Everybody of, like, go silly, for yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I that's don't.
2: I, I, I. I just oh, of course. Because you don't. probably <laughs> understand something
3: in tennis. <laughs> you Why see, no, you, you see,
2: she's defending me against <laughs> oh, Ali. Like. Okay, yes, okay. I, I've turned catch it to my side finally. <laughs> not yet, no,
5: not yet, my <laughs> girlfriend. No, <laughs> girlfriend.
2: Okay, listen, we're going to go across to Sweden to a real beast from the east. He's our man from Sweden. Philip O'Connor, how are you doing?
8: I'm not so bad at all. How's everybody in Russia this evening?
2: Cold. Uh,
3: uh, cold. I'm great. Enjoying, <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Enjoying our time. <laughs> yeah,
2: Ollie's saying she's slimming, but she feels great. Cathy is just like, well, you heard her ranting about ice hockey. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yes, we we'll we'll have back back the first that question. Yeah, 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 I have yeah. the first question
3: from me, Philip. Go ahead. How are the Olympics for you?
8: Did you enjoy it, it was incredible. The, the whole thing was just amazing. I was there four years ago in Sochi. I had a brilliant time. It was a completely different kind of a thing to go to Asia, to go to South Korea and to see the games that these people put on. It was absolutely amazing. The people were so friendly. Uh, it was very, very cold. I sat at the opening ceremony and went, OK, I may not make it now because it was that cold at the opening ceremony. But the whole thing was amazing. And on top of it all, we had some brilliant sport there as
2: well. Well. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was terrific, the sports level, the le- just the level of competition was, was, was amazing, so, uh, okay, okay, do you want to give the second question? Okay, this is over to me. So, Philip, listen, uh, we were, of course, talking about the, the, the ice hockey there a second ago, uh, you were at it, so was it as good there as it was in the, like, in early morning here in, in, in Russia and around Moscow, or around Russia, sorry, in Moscow and around Russia? Yeah,
8: I, I don't think any could be, anything could be being in Russia when they win the gold medal in the Ice Hockey Island. I think it's going to be sort of felt more there at home. But I mean, it was a huge thing. It was, everybody expected the Russians to win, right? Everybody from Peter Forsberg to Holcomb, everybody said to me, the KHL is the second best league in the world. And when the NHL players are, in, are not there, well, then the KHL players are going to win it. But you know what? They were made to work for it. That yeah. German team was absolutely amazing. I remember the night they beat Sweden, and I sat up, of course, writing all night because it was just, it was so laughable. The Germans beat in Sweden, and then they beat Canada, and I sat up all night writing for a Canadian audience, and then I was going, I hope to, God, they don't beat Russia because I just don't have the overtime left me, you know? Yeah, everybody- and indeed, in... In fairness they made it really, really difficult uh, for the Russian team. Now, obviously, the Russian team won the gold medal in the end. The thing about the Olympics is it's all about who's on the top step of the podium, the second step of the podium, the third step of the podium. So even though the Russian team had to struggle for that gold medal, I don't think when we think back in 10 years' time when we're having this conversation after the Olympics in 2030 or whenever, I don't think we'll ever remember how hard it was for Russia. But we will remember that the Olympic athletes from Russia were the ones who won the gold medal.
2: Yeah, I mean, that, that's the whole team, Phil. I mean, and you, you are dead right. I mean, cause I mean, I, I, of course, I was following what you were doing and what you're writing, putting out. And I mean, you could almost feel it. I mean, that's the one thing, just one thing, just when, when Philip is writing, when he's presenting, he's great. When he's writing, you can actually feel he, he like how he's talking to us now is how he writes. And it's just brilliant. It's so. this is what journalism is all about. So, anyway, sorry, Phil, that's a compliment for you, just to to let you know. Just enjoy it. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) No, you you mean, no, it makes it easy to read. I mean, uh, listen, uh, breaking news, of course, today, uh, and we're watching on our screens here with our partner station, Moscow 24. So, news from WADA. WADA are kicking up holy war because Russia has just been reinstated to the IOC, or the Russian Olympic Committee. Um, Now, Of course, Russia had 50% of the failed tests and sitting in front of me, and I will tweet you, I have a box of Mildred now. Um, I don't know why they put it in for me. I think it's like provocation against me. Um, Listen, is it the right time for Russia to to, to be put back in? I mean, should we read more into this or just like, you you know, is it the right time, Philip? Well, it's a very, very difficult question, Alan, because we
8: have to ask ourselves, where does the sport end and where does the politics start, right? And the IOC are there. If you've ever been at the Olympics, basically half of it is sport and the rest of it is IOC briefings and Olympic Committee briefings for the various different countries, and everybody's doing the diplomacy thing, and it really is, it's more like Davos than, the, you know, the, the World Cup final. <laughs> so this goes on the whole time. So is it like the, the whole issue, if we're going to sort of tease out the whole issue of doping in Russia and that kind of thing, obviously there are questions to be answered. There's a huge amount of evidence there. But we also have due process. There were athletes who were denied the chance to take part in the the Olympic Games under their own flag despite the fact that they themselves had done nothing wrong, right? So the fact that they're reinstated to the IOC, that's an absolutely brilliant thing. But Rusada has to get its act together now. They have to become compliant again because the problem we have, Alan, is that athletes do not want to compete in Russia. I interviewed a young guy called Sebastian Samuelsson, a Swedish uh, biathlete, took gold in uh, the relay, took a silver medal, I think, in the pursuit race, right? Uh, The last race of the season, or the last meeting of the season, is going to be in Russia on March the 20th to the 25th. Sebastian doesn't want to go because of the fact that they don't have an anti-doping program in Russia at the moment. That needs to be sorted out for the credibility of Russian sport. For me, should they be back in? Yeah, I don't even know if it was the most constructive thing to do to kick them out in the first place. The whole charade of saying that they are Olympic athletes from Russia, not allowing them to go under their own flag, and then the ice hockey players saying the anthem's by themselves, you know, it just shows you know, what a charade the whole thing is, really. There are obviously things that issues that need to be teased out. There is obviously a problem with doping, but that's something that exists all over the whole world. So singling out Russia, I don't know if it's the smartest thing to do. Putting them back in, definitely. I'm always in favour in diplomacy of keeping people inside the tent. If you're going to push people outside the tent, it has to be very, very extreme. And I don't really think that was worth it and all the trouble that people went to. You know? So hopefully it is a constructive thing. Now, I hope that there is a sort of a desire within Russian sport and indeed within Russian diplomacy to make sure that this anti-doping thing uh, comes back together and that we don't have this situation in four years' time. Tchau, gente.
2: Well, I mean, this this is the thing, Philip, because, like you did say when you were here, was the last time, and we were, you know, there were many athletes, and of course, Katarina has a question about Vic Wilde, you know, because he he spoke out to the New York Times and said about how it just was a mess. And of course, there was more and more sympathy felt for Russian athletes because, you know, um, they were doing their best. The two people who failed, it, I mean, in, in Russia, there was no sympathy for them whatsoever. There is a greater awareness here. I've seen it, like in our college, and we're speaking with our students going, you know, to try and inform them better and the education has improved an awful lot but even still my worry right now is that um, now with like you know Rodchenkov and they're, they're you know you probably saw his, his uh, interview with um, Dan Rohn last week and yeah. they're, they're hinting what's more to come and I know that there is more to come but that worries me and that's why I'm kind of like you know are they putting Russia in you know, or who are they going to ban next? Because as you're right, blanket bans do not work, and diplomacy has to be, you know, centre stage. So look, I I agree with you. You're you're spot on, and I'm just hoping that here Russia learn from this because there was a bit of humility shown when those two people were basically removed, handed back their medals, and didn't didn't argue. Said, look, hands up, right, grand, and they're yep. gone. If more athletes did that, it'd be good. This is the thing Like, You need to own these problems Every
8: country needs to own it Now if you were to ask me Did I see people on drugs Did I see dopers On the top step of the podium At this Olympics Absolutely I saw that 100% But they weren't The Olympic athletes of Russia Athletes from all over the world Are doping And the way we frame this As being a Russian problem Is absolute nonsense There's a huge amount of money To be made out of this And if we're just pointing And saying okay Oh it's only the Russians are doping It's not true You know and this is the problem That I have with it Is that if you're going to attack them and say okay well we're dealing with the problem because we're attacking Russia you're not you're ignoring the huge amounts of therapeutic use exemptions which athletes get or should only get if they're sick if they have an illness if they have something that would stop them competing and then they're taking all sorts of medicines for that kind of thing so the problem is far bigger than Russia Alan the problem is uh, yeah. absolutely enormous Well, I mean, listen, and this, this is the thing that needs to be dealt with we can't just sweep it under the Russian we can't. and no, say no, they no. were the ones to blame
2: and this, this is like when Russia's been used as a whipping boy in like the the, the Claire context the Claire Hurland context this is the thing that really kind of like um, um, what, what bothered me because, um, you know, when Norway brought over 6,000, you know, uh, aspen medicines, we, we do our questions asked. Listen, okay, we're running out of time, but Ekaterina has a, has, a, has a question about Vic uh, Sorry, Yeah, I just
3: have a question about Vic Wald and his wife who actually couldn't uh, repeat their Sochi magic. Was that disappointing for...
8: To, to me, it was hugely disappointing, because it was the, the greatest Romeo and Juliet moment I ever had was in Sochi four years ago, when the two of them won gold medals on the same day. And to be yeah. honest, I really wanted them to come back. I mean, Vic is quite a prickly character, but I really wanted them to come back and to do something. But the problem is that the sport they're in, in the parallel slalom, the parallel giant slalom, on the snowboard, it's almost like a lottery. So if you look at the top ten positions uh, from what happened in Chang, there's actually only a second between the top ten athletes uh, in, that, in that sport, I think Vic was actually number 10 there, so it's really really difficult to, to repeat that, you not only have to be one of the best snowboarders in the world and you need that little bit of luck as well and unfortunately, unfortunately this time around Vic and Alina didn't get that little bit of luck on their side so they didn't make it this time around, but you know what Vic is only 31, he'll be back in four years time.
2: That's great, listen Philip, as always, you are just the best thank you so so much, okay um, and listen, I'm going to see you very very soon because I think thank hopefully you. you're going to get to Copenhagen on May 12th, we're going to meet there I hope. Well, just try and stop me. I'll be there. And I'll be there. <laughs> Looking forward. Listen. Have a great evening. Thanks a million. You too. Thanks. Bye bye now. Okay. So we are. That's that's another great, great show we've just had. Like a fabulous, fabulous show. Uh, so we have our winners. We have Dimitri. You have won two tickets because the answer was A. A Canada. Canada, exactly. So Dimitri is one. We also have Paco. You have one as well. We're going away. Ollie is. She's putting her finger up to me. It's not the middle finger, looking. <laughs> uh, so it's I, not yet. I, I, not, not, not yet. yet. Not, not yet. Now. She's like Alan. Stop talking, you Catarina. You Catarina. Close your mouth. I'm going to slap you. Yeah, she smacked. What? No, I'm showing you the time. We're running out of time. Like, uh, first word, second word. She's okay, warming anyway. up now. She's warming up her finger. No, don't. No, 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 no. No. This not- is going in such a wrong direction. Ollie's warming up her finger. by slap. Okay. Um. Right. Before I go to hysterics like last week, I didn't mention weight loss. Katri <laughs> didn't pick a song. But Ollie and I agreed on our final song we're going to play out. Yes, I did. We're not here next week. I'm away. And, of course, it's a holiday next week, but we will see people. You'll see us up at the Airside Arena if you come in and say hello to us. Um, so, uh, Paco and Dimitri, you have won the tickets, and uh, Paco, this guy's name. Uh, so, <laughs> the song we're going to play out, Ollie has put this up as our final song, because we're going to get warm, we're going to get happy, we're going to be positive, we're going to rock out into the icy, freezing cold night, and leave you in the very capable and soft hands of DJ Nicky Stay, who's coming in after us. So, the song is, Ollie.
4: Are You Going to Be My Girl by Jet.
2: Thank you. Thank you, 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 Ali. Thank you, you. Katarina. Great show. Here we go. Talk to you in two weeks.
1: Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
9: Because you look so fine, I don't really wanna make you mine. I said you look so fine, I don't really wanna make you mine. Four, or five, six, come on, wanna get your kicks. Now you don't need the money when you look like that, do you, honey? Look so fine that I really want to make you mine Look so fine that I really want to make you mine 456 come on to get your kicks Now you don't need a money with a face like that do you